Alright, so we are talking about Purim is the day, says Chazal, a classroom where Mechabal the Torah be'ahava. It's a day of Kabbalah Torah. Now first of all, where do we see that? Where, if you look at Purim, not getting into drushes and things, but just, you, you, you say Purim. Why I think Purim? What do I think? What am I thinking? I mean, obviously we're thinking about salvation from annihilation. That's for sure, right? But then there's something, the next thought should be, after that, is like, wow, it's the first rabbinic mitzvah ever. It's the first mitzvah that the Jewish people accepted beyond the 613 mitzvahs that Hashem gave to our students. Yes, it is. Like the Gemara Megillah says, Mem Ches Nevi'im, 48 Nevi'im, and Zayin Nevi'us, and 7 Nevi'us, it's 55 prophets altogether that came to deliver national prophecies, besides all the thousands of prophets that there were that did not, that had private prophecy, but there wasn't uh, any na- national message. But 55 national prophets, not a single one of them added a single mitzvah to the Torah. Like the Pasuk says, Eila mitzvahs, these are the mitzvahs. These are nothing else. So, it's a whole discussion. So, okay, so how could we add something to the Torah? We're not going to get into that right now. The Chazal learned it out from, uh, from either Kalvachomer or, uh, or, or, sorry, or Drosha that it was appropriate, it was good, Hashem was willing to have that happen. But, it's, the, it's also the first time that the Jewish people ever thought of such a thing. Right? So, try to understand that. Um, realizing that an incredibly large part of our Avodos Hashem centers around rabbinical mitzvahs nowadays. Right? So, to a certain extent, here is a defining moment where the Jewish people head in a direction that was not there at all until then. Um, notice something else, that the Mordechai was a member of the Sanhedrin, the, the Anshik Nesagdola, right? Um, they were, they received their, so to speak, mantle of authority from whom? Where did Anshik Nesagdola get their mantle of authority from? So the mission Perkiyavo says, Moshe Kibil Torah Misinai. Moshe got it from Harsinai. Umosrua le Yeshua. Close. Oh, Shimon No. No? You were doing so well. One second. So Moshe to Yeshua, Yeshua to the Zikanim, Zikanim to the Nevi'im. That's weird. The Nevi'im Mosrua Anshik Nesagdola. The prophets passed it on to the members of the Great Assembly that Mordechai was a part of. Okay? So we're also talking about here the switch that the Jewish people went through from a state of having prophets leading us to a state of having the Chachamim 
leading us. Right? This is the switch. Right here. It happens. Jewish people are no longer going to have Nevi'im, right? There's a few Nevi'im amongst Anjik As they're going to get older, there's not going to be who wants to replace them. Ezra, the last of the Nevi'im, is known as Malachi, right? We don't have a Nevi'im after that. There were no Nevi'im amongst, uh, during the time of Purim? During the time of Purim, was, there was uh, still Ezra was around. There was Anshik Nesagdola had a number of Nevi'im amongst them, but those, but that, but they were no longer functioning as Nevi'im. I mean, I don't know if they were still having prophecy. They had had prophecy. Theoretically, maybe they could have had another prophecy, but either way, they were now in the role of Kachamim. That's just interesting. They didn't really have much. I mean, not that I'm aware of, at least in terms of like the playing any major part. That's right. Because th- yeah. that's the point. Yeah. yeah. So the Jewish people are going from a prophecy-based deraisa service of Hashem in Eretz Yisrael with deraisa mitzvahs with the base of Migdish, where the other like. Half of the mitzvahs in the Torah have to do with the base of English, right? Uh, two, now we're out of Eretz Yisrael, we don't have a base of English, and even when we get the base of English, it's not going to have the Hashos Hashina, right? Even when Ezra and Nehemiah are going to be able successfully to rebuild it, it's not going to have the Hashos Hashina, and no more Nevi'im. Okay? So now, We're talking about, um, to a certain extent, like a stage two in Klausrel's relationship to Hashem. From Moshe Rabbeinu until now, stage one. And that's why Haman saw the Jewish people as being old and basically played out and ready to be discarded. What he didn't understand is that the Jewish people were about to go to a whole new level. Right? And that's and that's where that's what we're gonna talk about right now. Okay, so what is this whole new level? So the Gemorian Shabbos says, famous Gemorian Shabbos, Apei Ches Amud Aleph, that the Jewish people gathered under the mountain, Bitaxi Sahar, under Harsinai. Right, so Rashi brings Midrash, what does it mean? Betaxi Sahar, under Harsinai. Should have said uh, at the foot of Harsinai or next to Harsinai. So what does it say? Famous Gemara. Kafa Alehim Harki Gigis. Hashem bent the mountain over us like a tub. So if you imagine, here's a mountain. Here's the Jewish people. Mountain. And Hashem bent the mountain like this over us like a tub. So it means we're where we were. Hashem has now bent it over us like a, like a giant tub. 
and we are fully. What happens if I take a tub and I turn it over a little Lego man? Trapped. He's trapped, right? Or and, and and if this thing that I turned over him is a mountain, he is buried alive. And Hashem said to them, if you look after the Torah, motive, that's good. There will be your burial place, right there. And the imagery that Hazal are coming to show us is that they're already buried. Hashem is not going to need to do anything. He's just going to leave it as is. Right? It's not that if you don't accept it, then I'll do something. It's already been done. You're already buried alive. Right? So, the only way you're getting out of here is if you accept the Torah. Okay? Now, the Tosvos famously asked the question right there in the spot, why does Hashem have to do this, forcing Klausrel to accept the Torah? They already said, they said, gladly they'll accept it. So, the morale explains that you could be glad to accept it. That's not the point. The point is that the Torah is not an optional thing. You know, would, would you like, you know, would you like catch up with that? Yes, I would. Thank you very much. Right, but the, or I could not. Yeah, if the Torah is a mukrochametzius, it absolutely must be. There's no possibilities that the world is going to be a world without a Torah in it. Yeah. Like Rashi brings in Parshas Bereshis, right? By Yom Hashishi, on the sixth day was Yom Hashishi. Why yeah, all the other days just says Yom Hamishi? Here it says Yom Hashishi, the sixth day. So Rashi says because it's to allude to the future day, the sixth day of Sivan, Yom Hashishi of Sivan, the day the class are going to be accepting the Torah. And so on that, Hashem says it was good on that day. So Hashem is saying, during Sheshit on the sixth day, Hashem is saying, oh, the creation is good. Assuming there's, there's going to be a Yom Hashishi, the sixth day of Sivan. If Kalas will accept the Torah on that day, good. But if not, then the whole world will revert back to Tohu Vohu. The whole world will go back to being a complete chaotic mass. And that Lechaira is what Klausel saw at Harsinai. The Ramchal says that Hashem tore open the heavens and we saw the truth of the entire world. Of who runs the world? How does it work? What is it based on? Obviously, as the Pasuk says, V'yedata hayom v'ashevosa elavavecha you have to know in your heart that Hashem is one. He's in charge of everything. That's what the Ramchal says. But we also saw that it is the will of Hashem that is keeping this entire world going. And that's the Torah. And so when you have, when you see that with such a clarity, such an absolute certainty, so what's your option? I'm either, I'm thinking either I'm going to accept the Torah 
or maybe I won't accept the Torah, and the entire existence will revert back to Tohu Vohu. Not much of an option. Right? Means, in other words, you're telling me it's already all done. Right? The world has no future. Right? When someone is buried alive, it's not the point, you know, a violent death, I'm going to shoot you, I'm going to drop this heavy thing on you. The point is, you just can't, you just can't exist. You just can't live. You can't go and do anything. You can't accomplish. And the Torah is the vehicle that allows mankind to be B'Tzalam Elohim, to, to actually be creative, to do something positive. Yeah? So if you accept the Torah, you can come out of this uh, grave that you're buried in. Right? But naturally, that's, you're already, nothing's going to happen unless you accept the Torah. So Kalasal had no choice. That's what it means. Kafalim, Harki, Gigis, Hashem bent the mountain over our heads. We had no choice. We understood that this must happen. Now, the Gemara in Shabbos says that, on the one hand, of course, it's a great thing to have such a clarity. You understand the importance of everything that you're doing. But on the other hand, you never had the opportunity to choose this for yourself. You didn't take this voluntarily. Yeah, it's like um, you know, in the Matrix, at least you offer them. You want the blue pill or the red pill. Now, it's also not really fair because I don't know what, what you know. Once I find out, once I take whichever pill it was that tells you the truth, the red pill, red pill. So you know, before I took it, I didn't know exactly what I was getting myself into. Right? Once I take it. So now it's too late. I have no choice. I can't. I can't go back and just enjoy life as it was. Yeah. So here, once you're shown the reality of the world, so okay, I guess we have to keep the Torah. We have to. That's the beginning of yira. Yira is where you do something as a result of an external reality. The external reality is such that the world cannot exist, cannot function without you keeping the Torah. Okay, so I have to keep it. It's a, it's a huge responsibility. It's a very important thing to do. But there was lacking in the, the fact that where we accept it voluntarily for ourselves. Okay? So again, the thing that makes it impossible for us to accept it voluntarily for ourselves is the clarity itself of understanding its importance. Um, Josh will say over the rest of this year. <laughs> what? <laughs> it makes sense what, what, how the Ahabi fits with the rabbinic mitzvah. Then, then oh, see, jo- yeah. jo- between the two of them, they're going to put. Okay, just let me. Yeah. Uh, just not to steal my thunder. Yeah. yeah. So, um, so that is the beauty of the, all those years that we had prophets. It was. Was, we were always a, a, a Navi. You go to a Navi and he tells you, hey, um, here's a sign, here's a sign, here's a third sign. I'm a prophet. No questions about it. Just you, no, you have to quit your job and sit and learn all day. So Noah says, 
okay, I really want to be the world's top attorney, but that's what the Prophet said that I have to do, so I'm going to do it, right? So we were still, uh, 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 when you're living with a Navi, you're still living in a state of Yira, right? Of, of awe, of realizing that Hashem runs the world, here's how things have to be, and that's why it's got to happen. Despite your respect of my Ratzon. Your respect of my Ratzon. Maybe no, really would love to do that, but that's not the point. Whether you like it or not, the Navi said so, right? So you have to do it. Now, Klaus are in a situation where in Gulfs. The base of Milich has been destroyed. The the period of the Nevi'im is has come to an end. And now we are in a situation that is described as Hester Ponim. Astir Ponai. Right? I will doubly hide my face from you. Right? That's the Esther Minatorum That's why she's called Esther. And so Klausel are in the dark. We're completely so far away from Hashem. What could possibly, what good could possibly come out of this? Yeah? But the good that comes out of this is that when Hashem saves us, and He saves us in a non-revealed way, right? We don't see any lightning bolts and any any Kriyas Yamsuf. We don't even hear the, the, the you know, a Navi come and say, Call Mar Hashem! Right, that you, you, you're all going to be saved or whatever, right? Nothing. And through that Hester Ponim, Klaus will have the ability to come back and re-accept the Torah with love. Now, the question is, how do you re-accept the Torah when you've already accepted it? Question before... Mordecai did not have any Nebuah or Ruach HaKodesh? So Ruach HaKodesh is different than Nebuah. Right, but is that something to give them clarity in terms of like what they were supposed to do? Because Mordecai did kind of like lead the way, right? So He led the way, but it's not going to force anybody's hand. Uh, Ruach HaKodesh, I could easily deny. Yeah, you, you think you, you, you know your Ruach HaKodesh, but nobody else knows it. Okay. Um... So, how do you accept the Torah, re-accept the Torah when you've already accepted it? It's like a, uh, it's like a, um, uh, what's it called? A renewal of vows, right? Like, if you tell your wife, hey, you know, I think, I think, I think I'd like to marry you again. Because uh, I, I want to have better kavana this time. Right? <laughs> so, she said, what are you talking about? We're, we're married forever. You, 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 can't, you can't do that. Okay, so I, so I have an idea. I'll divorce you and then I'll marry you. No, no, don't do that. Right? That's also a bad idea. So, how are you supposed to do it? It's like a betrayal to Hashem to re-accept it. You've already accepted it. So the answer is... Hester Panem. That's what Hester Panem is for. Okay. So Hester Panem. So now where there's Hester Panem, now we can voluntarily say, I don't know. I don't see exactly what Hashem wants from me. Right? And there, but, but I want to serve Hashem. I want to do the mitzvahs, right? I want to accept the Torah, right? But still, but the question, but you, but you also know that you have it, right? So that's why we added an extra mitzvah, right? Because when you add a rabbinical mitzvah, so you, you need to accept it. It's a new mitzvah, accept it until now. But when you accept, when Klaus accept the new mitzvah, right? So then, included in in that is the fact that we are happy with the Torah. Because you wouldn't be adding an extra mitzvah 
if you weren't happy with your previous acceptance. Right? If there's a question about somebody was a contract, maybe they were forced into it, etc. But then they went and they added additional obligations uh, into the contract. Right? So then that means that they want the contract. Right? So they accept the entire contract. So, and that's what, and that's the drosha. When we say, the Apostle says, Kimu v'kiblu, they fulfilled the mitzvahs of Mordechai and Esther and accepted them. But the Gemara says, they should have said, Kiblu v'kiblu, they accepted it and then they fulfilled it. So it says, no, no, no. It's alluding, it said out of order like that, to allude to, Kimu mashi kiblu kodum. We validated, we established that which we had accepted previously, meaning the Harsinai. So now we see Klausel going into a whole new aspect of relationship. Until now, the relationship had been one of Yira, starting from Harsinai, starting from Yitzhak Mitzrayim, where Hashem has been in a state of revelation to us. So you're in awe, you're in awe. I mean, all you need to do is go to the base of Mikdash and your knees are going to be trembling with the Hashor Sashchina, with the ten ongoing miracles that are happening there. But henceforth, from now on, it doesn't end with Purim. From now on, Hashem stays in Hester upon him until today. We've not had Nevoah, we've not had Hashor Sashchina in the base of Middash. Right? We've not had that clarity of seeing Hashem. And that is what gives us the opportunity to serve Hashem Mi'ahava. Right? To choose this for ourselves. To run after this. To, now, if you want it, of course you can hear Hashem talking. From every corner of the Megillah, every, every word, you see how Hashem is talking to you in the Megillah. And so too in our lives. Every corner and every turn and every event, you can see Hashem always communicating with you and always behind everything and always helping you. And that arouses you to greater Ahava. But it's not here. You know why? Because you could always deny it. Can't hold you. It's not like a gun to your head. You can't prove it in the, in the court of law, right? And the Yitzhahara, in fact, fairly regularly says, "Oh, is, is Hashem really be, you know, with you?" And he's like, "Yeah, yeah, he is, he is. yeah." Right? But and therefore, we're able to serve Hashem Yahava. That's so. Seemingly, obviously, besides the recommitment to the Kabbalah Satora we've spoken about before that Yom Kippurim the day of the Kabbalah Satora Yom Kippurim is when we got the second Luchos that's the day of the Kabbalah Satora through Tshuva right so we, we the, the Midrash says Yom Kippurim is Kippurim like Purim in what way so we said that because Purim is the Hashlama to Yom Kippurim Yom Kippur is the Kabbalah Satorah. Purim is the physical manifestation. That's where we feel it. That's where we connect to it. That's the Ahava part of the, of the Yom Kippur. Right? So that's an opportunity for us to work on our Kabbalah Satorah Mi Ahava. Avodos Hashem Mi Ahava. And all the mitzvahs, the Rabbanon that we do, Right? That the, all is Amidus Hasidus. It's all extra. It's all beyond what's obligated of us to show Hashem that we love serving Him.
Any questions? Shouldn't this mitzvah have been before the nace happens? Throw when the nace happens like this. Which nace? What nace? Yeah. The nace of the the flip. Also, Mordechai is dead. I'm sorry. Haman is dead. Fulfilled your obligation already. Then you drink again. Good. That's the drink. Haman is dead. Mordechai is on top. Everyone, Jews are okay. It seems like a very clear, like, oh, wink. I got you guys covered. Again. Context of free will. Again, it doesn't. Because it's not. It's not open. It wasn't an open miracle. We might also have a hard time conceptualizing that because we have never <coughs> had a upon him, according to this. We, we might not even have a barometer to measure what the opposite of Hester Ponim would look like to say that, well, it seems like a clear miracle that you can see that, you know, Haman was, you know, destroyed and Mordechai's on top and there was a whole switch to the situation. And to say, well, you see, that's a clear revelation of Hashem such a in the world. It might be that we just think that because we've never actually seen a clear revelation of Hashem. And again, that's what I'm saying. I've had in my life hundreds of times where I said to myself, there is zero doubt that this happened by Hashem. The level of orchestration involved and how perfect it was, zero doubt. But you had to say to yourself. But, but uh, if the Yitzhara wants to, it can raise doubts. Right. W- was that the way it was before? I thought, I thought, I thought, the, Pormos, I thought yeah. the Jews were like this. Couldn't have been a coincidence. Right. It was like, it was like this. It could, it could have been. Right? It could have been. But, yeah, I know it could Says have been. Says the Yitzhara. But, but, but their reaction that was not no it's not a coincidence everyone's on the same page that's, all that's because you're a tzad right that's exactly what you're uh, supposed I'm to not, do as well I'm no no I'm saying I'm just talking about, I thought the Jews natural reaction to this was it's only because it was only because they had done tshuva beforehand they would not have done tshuva beforehand maybe not then you know what happened in 1967 with Israel right six day war how many people how many people did tshuva as a result of that how many million about 0.003 million or something like that. 30,000. Maybe. Anyway, so the point is that uh, people uh, so uh, people still have to choose to see it. Right? Uh, right? Like the, the, the radio, the, 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 when the Jordanians saw the Israeli planes taken off, right? The, the Jordanian radio station immediately uh, sent a signal to Egypt, right? Israeli planes flying your way, except that he was using yesterday's code instead of today's code, so the Egyptians didn't, couldn't decipher his code. You know that, right? I mean, what? I- there's things in the McGill that are better than that? I mean, it's the same thing. Right. It's a question is the, the miracle of Purim is not what Hashem did as much. As the fact that the Jews, the the Yidden actually, were the cobbler. There's also the idea that most people liked him or loved him, but he's most. But there are still some people who doubt it. Yeah, at least Mordechai. Mordechai. I don't know if the Purim story, but Mordechai. Yeah, they. Not everybody was like. Yeah, right. Mordechai is the tzaddik. Right. It seems to be that we say that 